right, we are back for another episode of the Triple Double Podcast, another run KNC production coming at you in real time. I'm excited about today's topic. Uh, we hear a lot of conversation about scouts and and what quantifies a scout, what, what kind of resume do you need? And a lot of times, you know, on social media, just in, in, in casual conversations, people feel like you have to maybe have played at a high level in order to scout at a high level, to train at a high level, or coach at a high level. And I don't think there is a right or wrong answer, but we definitely kind of wanted to deep dive into the numbers, you know, across all professional sports and also um, the music industry and the food industry to see, do you have to have been an elite talent in a field that you want to come back and, and teach or coach or train? And I kind of preface this, you know, I was in education for 14 years, uh, was a teacher, taught social studies, taught history. I was an awful history student. I thought it was boring. I didn't think it mattered. So I didn't put a lot of effort and energy into it. But as a teacher, I was really good. Like I could teach that content at a higher level than what I actually thought I performed in it as a student. So just kind of a little backdrop of, of, of what I feel about it and, and moving forward. So the question today is essentially, as we start off in the first quarter, do you have to have high level experience to be an NBA? I mean, to be a scout, not just NBA, not just NFL, but but just period. High school scout, college scout, pro scout. Um, a man named Ed Gregory. You do your research. Is known as one of the greatest scouts of talent in NBA history. Didn't play college basketball. He was not a successful coach. But he was the mastermind behind a Cleveland Cavalier 1986 draft, which was a very, very good draft for that organization. Also a scout from 1987 to 1993 and essentially had his name tied to seven seven different Hall of Famers over his career. So you're talking about a guy who in NBA circles is known as the greatest NBA scout of all time. Did not play college basketball, wasn't a coach either, right? So you kind of take that with a grain of salt. That is a situation there where the guy could just see, you know, he he could identify talent. Um, great players aren't always great coaches or scouts, and I, I really believe that. Um, I was fortunate. I, I played high-level high school basketball, played for one of the greatest coaches to come out of Los Angeles, and that – not just me being biased, Coach Rob Palmer, who is now at UCLA as assistant coach for uh, Mick Cronin. Um, I thought Pete taught, taught the game at a high level. So I learned from somebody who, who, who taught it. Now, Coach Palmer did play. Palmer played at UCLA. Palmer uh, ended up transferring to UC Irvine and finishing up his career. But he was a better teacher and, and, and coach than he was a player. And, and P will tell you that. So anything that that came from Palmer, like I look at some of the some of the guys I play with, they're all still 
doing a great job um, in basketball and they're not playing anymore. You know, so we were taught the game at a high level. So on average, 50% of the NBA coaches have NBA experience, right? That's that's fair. You know, half of people who coach in the NBA have NBA experience. Uh, you look at some of the greatest coaches or the greatest players that, that tried to coach at one point, um, Magic Johnson, who many people would tell you is the best point guard they've ever seen. Um Isaiah Thomas, who people might tell you he's also the greatest point guard they've ever seen. So those two are two of the top 50 players to ever play basketball, and they might have been just as bad as coaches as they were good as players. Hockey, Wayne Gretzky, maybe the GOAT of hockey, the greatest of all time. Terrible coach, terrible coach. Pete Rose, maybe the greatest hitter of all time in baseball. Fourth, I want to say he's still the hit king. Still not in the Hall of Fame for y'all know the reasons. But the hit king is still, he struggled as a coach, man, as a manager. He was awful. Michael Jordan, who's done a better job with the Hornets. Shout out Mike. You know, he, he got it right with Mellow Ball for sure. But he will always be known from a managerial standpoint in the NBA as the guy who took Kwame Brown. You know, he struggled mightily as a as a as a team administrative personnel. The greatest basketball player of all time, not named LeBron James, <laughs> for my two cents. So it is it's definitely a I want to say more of a gray area. I don't think it's it's black or white. And, you know, a lot of people think that these guys were so competitive and so talented. They never had to scout. They had to work. But as far as, like, scouting reports and stuff like that, I'm sure some of those guys did do that. But they were so naturally gifted as players. They didn't have to sit down and, and do all the stuff with the eyes like somebody like me who wasn't as good would have to do. You know, as a high school senior, I was writing scouting reports for our, for our high school team. Like, I was going to Internet Was Fresh. Shout out Dino's Tragonis. Dino's had a website I forgot the name of it, but I used to go to that website in my class, pull who we were playing, highlight those kids, <laughs> and take it to my teammates like, hey, man, this is what we're dealing with. And I never forget Palmer telling me, Buff, I really appreciate you doing this scouting report, but I think I got it covered. So, you know, I was in tune with the scouting. I wasn't as good as Ellis Miles, who went on to play in a Final Four with Rick Patino at Louisville. I wasn't as good as Anthony Coleman, who went to Xavier uh, University. So I had to put more time and effort and preparation into who we were playing. So as we end the first quarter and we move on to the second quarter, understand communication and accountability will always be the key. I don't care how good you are as an educator or a coach or a manager. Can you communicate? Will people respect you when you hold them accountable? I don't think just playing a sport allows you to hold people accountable it may allow you to communicate some different experience to them, but that does not mean you can just flat out hold them accountable because you played. That comes with communication, and I believe that's a gift in order to go back and train and, and teach and evaluate. That's a gift. So that's the end of the first quarter on the Triple Double Podcast. We'll keep it moving. Y'all hang with us. All right, we are starting. We are back with the second quarter. 
of the Triple Double Podcast still focused on do you feel like in order to be a high-level scout or trainer or coach, should you have some experience as a player at the level you want to scout or train or coach at? I think it's a phenomenal question. So we still kind of continuing our trend of, of analytics and numbers in each field. So 52% of Major League Baseball scouts have pro experience, right? So 52%, that's a little bit over half, have some type of pro experience. Um, but only 10% actually made it to the Major Leagues. Y'all got to understand how hard it is to to, to make it to, to the professional league in any sport, whether it's baseball, hockey, basketball, and I don't care if it's the minor leagues. I don't care if it's college. Everybody don't get an opportunity to, to, to advance their career past high school as far as playing, right? Uh, football, brutal, physical sport. NFL scouts, NFL scouts are very rarely ex-players, very rarely. Tons of ex-coaches, you know, but, but the scouts aren't former players when you're talking about football. Um, I think the um, advancement of technology, you know, like as an event operator, we stream every game uh, played in our events, whether it's camps or tournaments or anything like that. And a lot of people take that film and they scout it. You know, you don't have to be able to play. You don't have to have played to be able to tell me whether a kid can dribble pass or shoot, in my opinion. That's just me. But a scout needs to be a person that's able to break down stats and measurables from any type of a combine experience or live viewing, right? Just because you play doesn't mean you can break down film. It doesn't even mean you can break down what a player is is good at or what they need help with. Sometimes the position you might have played and the way you played the game can actually hinder your ability to see a player for their worth, in my opinion. And I'm not saying that happens all the time. Like it, it, like I said, it's a great area. It's a case-by-case case basis. But like even with biases, I talked about biases with rankings the other day. It'll always be a bias. Um, I was a guard, right? So it's, it's easier for me to identify, in my opinion, you know, kind of what a guard should be able to do. But if I played in a system that was only transition and I never ran ball screens in the 90s or early 2000s, we played through our bigs, through the post, That how does that help me understand, you know, may, I might not value ball screen action as much. I didn't play in that as much, right? So times change. You might have played the game in the 90s. It is 2022. The NBA is completely different than it was in the 90s and the early 2000s. Like, the game is being played at a different level. So, the eye test will always matter. Can you see? Can you see? With the naked eye, before somebody drops analytics on you or tell you where to go watch a basketball player or a baseball player or a football player or a hockey player play, can you look at this person, identify them, can they play, do they have positional size, do they have upside? Are they close to a ceiling? That is processing information. We got some basketball players and athletes who don't process information quickly. We got some scouts who have never played the game at any level 
who can process everything I just gave you in a New York minute quickly, right? Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, two of the best to ever coach football. Like you can make an argument that Belichick's the best NFL coach ever, and you can make a strong argument Nick Saban is the best NCAA coach not named John Wooden, right? 32 NFL teams and 30 of the teams will draft a guy without asking about the player. Coaches do not have enough time to scout every player. That's where scouts come in into play. You know, with, with myself, with my NCAA approved scouting service, I see these players so much more than college coaches that they have to lean on me for intel and information and scouting with these guys. Like, you got to think about it. Every summer, and the NCAA keeps keeps minimizing how many times these kids can be seen in that setting. Right now, for next year, there are only three live periods set where teams will be able to play with their coaches and their AAU programs in the spring and the summer. So three times isn't enough in one summer. And those guys are, are spread. You know what I'm saying? So what I do is I scout and also connect players with coaches based on what I've identified by processing identification, evaluation, and fit. That's what it comes down to. So that is a major key as far as understanding scouting and how it works. None of those guys that subscribe to my service have ever asked me what level of basketball I played at. I tell them. <laughs> but they it's, it's not a prerequisite for them trusting what I see and what I tell them about a player. Like, I don't think they sign up to take information from guys just because they played a sport. I think it's because you bring some type of value as far as information and scouting to their program. You are a trusted set of eyes that gets to see a lot more than, than what they do. And over time, you start to build trust. You know, you, you're going to have some misses, but as long as you're hitting those guys that keep coming back to you, for that information, that intel as far as scouting goes. So, like I said, it's, 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 it's a great area, but, you know, I, I hear it a lot of times. You know, if you play, if you played at this level, it, it sounds different coming from you. How good were you at that level? Do you have to be good? Do you have to be an all-star? Do you have to be a Hall of Famer? you be a role player? What if you only average two points a game? I didn't play college basketball, but you only averaged two more points a game than me, and you play. So does that make you better as a scout, as a trainer, as a coach, just because you had some experience playing? Hmm, that's a heck of a question. Could have been uncoachable. Could have been a could have been a bad. You could have played for a bad coach, and you learned the wrong way to attack and 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 work and and what this stuff looks like. So I'm a firm believer in how you were taught the game, the people you were around from the game. I think that's how you kind of figure out what to do and how to grow it and, and how to benefit from it. So we are headed into the halftime of the Triple Double Podcast, Run KNC Productions. We are back with the third quarter. Remember our topic, do you have to be a former player to scout, train, or coach in the field that you work in for colleges and NBA guys into the second quarter. All right, we are back for the third quarter of the Triple Double Podcast. 
This quarter is brought to you by the TB5 Reports, uh, the platform for the player. The platform matters. Always understand that. Got two big fall events coming up. The pre-assessment, October 1st, high school um, basketball, freshman JV and varsity programs at the SWAC. Excited about that opportunity. And you got the big one. You got the scrimmage. November 4th, November 5th, hundreds of college coaches expected. Some of the top programs and players in the country will be in attendance. Last year was special. Had about six McDonald All-Americans participate in that event. I think we're going to get real close back to that number again. So we're excited about that. So jumping right into the third quarter, we're still talking about scouting. Now we're going to talk about some different professions because a lot of times, I know myself personally, we get I allow myself to get pigeonholed into strictly sports. So we'll talk about the music industry a little bit. Most talent scouts, they start as fans. I think a lot of times we just we, we start playing a sport because we're a fan of it. You know, we, 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 we enjoy it. it. It makes us happy. We're driven to be good at it. We enjoy the competition of it. So you become a fan before you become a player. I think you become a fan before you become a scout. Um, there is a former music uh, exec. His name is Riggs Morales. Riggs Morales. He brought 50 Cent and Eminem to the attention of record labels. Think about that. Started off as a fan. He was just a fan of, of, of music, a fan of, of the industry. And he was like, man, I like 50 Cent and I like Eminem. I wonder if everybody else would like him as much as me. So he spotted him as a fan took him to some people who made decisions, and now 50 and Eminem are two of the most profitable, especially Eminem, you know, as, as a rapper. You know, you'll have some people to tell you Eminem had a run where he was with Jay-Z and all those dudes, and people thought Eminem was the best lyricist in rap, you know, for a spurt. And 50 Cent still cashing checks. I was watching Power the other day. So... Those guys have had long-lasting careers, but they were spotted by a fan. Riggs is not a rapper. He's never wrote a bar, never, never, never sung a hook, never been on a video as far as rapping, but he was able to identify talent. You know why? It's a gift. I feel like the scouting is a gift. I can't speak on training because I'm not a trainer, but I'm sure it's a gift because it's teaching. The ability to teach the ability to communicate clearly what you see is a gift. Everybody can't do that. People have eyes, but to be able to to be able to explain what you see in a way that other people understand and can see it without actually seeing it is a gift. You don't have to play. You don't have to have any experience in that field if you have that gift. Listen to me very carefully. Teaching is a gift. Communicating what you see to somebody who hasn't seen it to the point where they can see it vividly is a gift. That's not experience. That's not anything that's taught, in my opinion. That's just something that's God-given, you know, as far as, as talent goes. And, you know, you start going back looking at some of these, these big-time Coaches and 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 like Coach Nurse, you know from from the Raptors, man. Uh, he he didn't play. You know Phil Jackson is known as one of the greatest NBA coaches of all time. Phil played basketball. He wasn't as good as Michael Jordan, 
but he's much better as far as making decisions for basketball in the NBA than Mike was, you know? So kind of like a 30-second timeout, it's quick. You got to be able to communicate, illustrate, <laughs> and and make sure they comprehend in 30 seconds. That don't have nothing to do with playing. That has everything to do with communicating. Aaron Aflalo, amazing, you know, when Googling and researching his name came up. I actually tried to name my middle son after Aaron Aflalo. We ended up naming him Aaron, but it was close enough. Aaron graduated from Centennial High School. As I graduated, he came in as a freshman. We played for the same high school coach. I was just at UCLA last week. His, 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 he played at UCLA, went to three Final Fours with Ben Howland. He's up there on the wall. And his whole quote was, you know, some, some coaches can relate because they played. And, and that's a good piece, and, and we value that. He said, but a lot of these guys are good just because they can communicate and motivate. That has nothing to do with playing. So can you motivate people to play past their, what they feel like their ability is? Can you go in there and grab that extra from them? That takes a special person. You know, whether you play it or not, like you got to be able to have that. You know, like 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 Tyvon Mason Jones in here a couple of months ago, he felt like Musk was able to pull more out of him at Arkansas than a lot of other guys. You know, I don't I don't think Musk played basketball. You know, Calipari, really, really good at what he does. Scott Drew at Baylor. You talking about some of the greatest coaches in college basketball. Mark Few at Gonzaga. You know, it's it's list and list, and these are Hall of Fame coaches. They've coached pros, though. Hall of Fame guys and max contract guys. So I think a lot of it deals with how can you communicate. You know, com- communication and accountability is, is so important when it comes to that. Um, food industry. Don't have to be a chef to be a food critic. You ain't got to know how to cook anything to, to critique food. Think about that. You figure out if the food tastes good. It has nothing to do with you cooking it. I can't cook, but I can tell you some food tastes good all day long. That's that's easy for me to do. But you got to love food. Just like you love the game. If you love the game, I think you can find a way to stay around it, regardless of whether you play it or not. Like, ain't no thing. I'm watching people do it. Like, we have some people, like owners, people who own NBA franchises, they never probably shot a layup in their life, man but they know how to run an NBA franchise, which means they know how to communicate their expectations to everybody who plays in that franchise, whether it be coaches, players, whatever the case may be. Lastly, in the third quarter, in any industry, a good scout must have the keen ability to dig up raw talent. That's where this stuff comes into play. The the key to scouting, there are some players everybody knows. It's easy. Your value comes can you find somebody? Can you identify somebody nobody else has told you about? Nobody else has seen before, but you've been able to kind of identify, evaluate, and process, you know, what's different. You know, I look at, at somebody like like Dirk. Dirk was a big-time player, you know, lottery pick. But I think people were, were shocked when they traded Tractor Taylor for Dirk. Tractor Taylor was a, was a big-time name in Michigan, man. He was really good. 
And here comes Dirk. Dirk is a generational talent. Same thing with Luka. You know, I would have been completely fine if, if the Mavs took Trey Young. Completely fine. Trey has had a tremendous career. I remember guys saying uh, Luka was like a second-round pick. Like he was like the, the way he played in Europe would not translate to the NBA. And I've also heard Lucas say since he's been in the NBA, the NBA game is easier than it was in Europe. And Lucas coming over here getting 28, 8, and 8 every night at 22, 23 years old. So the ability to identify and evaluate talent and get people to trust you based on what you told them. Whoever Mark Cuban is listening to, as far as scouting foreign prospects, he got a special dude over there. And I bet he ain't played. I just bet he know what he's looking at. So that's the end of the third quarter. Final one coming up, man. Y'all hang with us. Triple Double Podcast, Run KNC Production. Back with the fourth quarter of the Triple Double Bar Podcast. Um, let's get into scouting services. I think there are definitely different tiers of media. Um, and I had to learn this four or five years ago. You know, you have some print media. That's people who who kind of type and, and write articles. You have um, podcasts. That's a form of media. Then you have an actual scout, which is like to, to in order to do what I do, like I have college coaches who actually subscribe to my scouting service and, and pay to listen to me talk about kids. You have to go through the NCAA for that. Now, keep in mind, I was doing this before I was NCAA certified too. Like people would call and, and kind of probe and ask questions and stuff like that. And I would answer them. Um, you don't have to necessarily have, have an NCAA scouting service to be viewed as a really good collegiate scout. Cause some of these guys, they'll, they'll call people who don't have a scouting service, but they trust them cause they've sent them a player over time. Um, but there is a there's an application process that you go through for the NCAA to get a scouting service. Um, everybody can't get them. You know, it's a real application process. They have to approve it. You have to pay an application fee. You have to pay an approval fee. Is there a governing body for scouts? I don't think there is. Um, now, what I do believe is the NCAA tries to for the, for the most part. But social media has allowed any and everybody to be a scout. And I hear a lot of uproar about that as far as who should we be listening to. And a lot of times is why y'all listening to people who ain't played the game. They can't play. They can't tell you anything. They ain't done. Blah, 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 blah. But the NCAA say they didn't ask me on my resume have I played basketball in college or not. It's just a certain thing, a question. You have to upload a sample report, and they'll tell you whether or not it's, it's, a, it's approved and, and good enough for you to make money off of it, essentially. Um, governing body for scouting, I do believe we should have something more than what we do because there are lies being told, you know, as far as who can do what, who can't do this. And a lot of your job security as a college coach as a professional scout, as a professional coach, is tied to guys like me who are on the ground level and grassroots with some of these prospects who they are trying to identify and target for signing classes as far as the NCAA. 
but also future drafts. As far as the NBA drafts, like I have NBA scouts, you know, contacting me now trying to figure out this 2025 class, even 2026, because it is rumored 2025 class will be the class that's allowed to go to directly from high school back to the NBA draft. And just the thought of that possibility, these guys are clamoring for information, everything they can find right now about these guys. Always circles back to trust. And the the trust has been word of mouth. I can't tell you how many phone calls I get because somebody else I have a relationship with has referred them. So there has to be, there's not for the most part a governing body on who can relay information. But if you do a good job at it, you know, word kind of travels and you find a way to kind of keep your name in these circles as far as the scouting piece goes. So no governing body, but if you are calling and asking for scouting information, I hope you're calling the right people because the wrong people will get you fired. Listen to me, fired. <laughs> so make sure you you tracking down the right people for information, character, and integrity keep you in the game. That's one thing about me, man. I, I, I love these kids. I love the parents we service, but I'm only going to tell somebody what I've watched them do. And I, what I watched them struggle to do, like at the end of the day, I'm going to always tell the truth as far as what I see, you know, and I feel like I have a great eye for scouting and I can elaborate on what I've seen to somebody who hasn't seen it quite yet, you know, so no governing body. But I think guys, for the most part, who are really good in this, they know who to call. That's why they still had their jobs and and they're still able to make these phone calls to try to identify players. So no governing body. So you definitely got to be careful as far as who you're receiving the information from. But what I want y'all to take from this is if you're good, typically the, 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 the greatest at what they do didn't go to school for it. They, they didn't really get the full proper. It was a gift. You know, I kind of go back to Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy went to Howard for a semester. So that was all he needed to, to, to get a couple of notes that he grabbed from that semester and started Bad Boy. And it has turned into a multi-million dollar business. You know, so it is, it's, it's a gift. And I do believe that the ability to teach and cultivate and communicate is a gift. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. And you have that gift whether you played the game or you haven't. It's just something that that you have the ability to do at a high level consistently. So Elon Musk is not a NASA scientist, man. (laughs) Elon Musk is a different, that's different, man. That's just a different level of, but he gets it. Whatever it is he needs to get. Like Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban runs the Mavs. He ran a lot of businesses before that, and he actually probably had more expertise in, but he uses expertise from different fields to create a a money. Jerry Jones, they never played football, man. Could be wrong, but he runs a hell of a hell of an organization with the Dallas Cowboys for sure. So we appreciate y'all hanging with us today on the fourth quarter. I'm going to leave y'all with this. If you love hoops and want to become an official Please go to your local referee official website and try to get certified. 
this referee shortage is is real. And we have to keep trying to find ways to keep the good ones that we have and add to that pool. If we are not careful in the next three or five years, we're going to have a hard time staffing officials for all the youth sports. So we got to keep that positive and keep that upbeat. And if you love the game and are looking for something to do to hang around the game, come be an official. You know, go to your local website, check that out. That is the end of the fourth quarter, end of this podcast with the Triple Double Podcast. We appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Got more coming for you soon. Another Run KNC production. You guys enjoy the rest of the week. Give us some feedback, man. Give us some feedback. Follow us on our Twitter page at triple underscore dub podcast. Looking forward to hearing from you guys soon. Talk to you.